in the last episode we talked about being stabbed in the back by your friends but in this episode we are literally talking about getting stabbed So a few days ago, we put up a poll on our Instagram page, which is t.with.teens. And we asked you if we should dedicate an entire episode to serial killers. And 100% of you said yes. So here we are. So first of all, if someone were to ask me, like, what comes into your head when you think of serial killer? For me, I envision this figure all clad in black clothing and, you know, wearing a hoodie with a mask and carrying a body on his shoulder. That's a typical image that I get. But somebody's been watching a lot of TV. I I actually have been for my psychology project, so... Excuses. Oh my God. People are going to think I'm obsessed with serial killers in a bad way. Jeez. <laughs> so since my definition of a serial killer is not so universal, I'm going to give you a proper definition, uh, which is a person who commits a series of murders often with no apparent motive and typically following a characteristic predictable behavior pattern is a serial killer. Uh, okay, yeah. So whenever we talk about serial killers, there are some myths or some beliefs being generated in our mind. So we are here to address some of those myths. Like the first one is that serial killers are dysfunctional loners. Now, most of the serial killers are not reclusive social misfits who are lonely. They are not strange. They appear to be normal people. They have normal families, well, most of them. They have a good job. They appear to be happy. And because they blend in so effortlessly, they are overlooked by the law and the public. And hence, it serves their purpose. That's actually quite genius. Because if you were to take two people, one that is properly dressed, looks like a guy who's good at conversing, or a woman, uh, who's good at conversing with you and another person who's you know kind of lonely and isolated and not maintaining eye contact or something then you're obviously gonna suspect the person that's acting a little suspicious so that's exactly. kind of genius so the next myth is serial killers cannot stop killing so the second myth is serial killers cannot stop killing now it is widely believed that once serial killers start killing, they cannot stop. However, there are some exceptions. Um, like serial killers stop murdering sometimes before they actually get caught. This happens because they might find different, like they might get involved in different family activities or find sexual substitution and other diversions. So it's actually normal for a serial killer to stop committing crimes before they're actually caught. Also known as Hridai Parivarta. What a class 9 G1 reference. Oh my god. Most people won't understand what I'm referring to. But yeah, other people who weird. go to the same school as us should know this. Because if not, you guys should pay attention in Hindi. You're a disgrace. The third exactly. Now the third myth is that serial killers are insane or are evil geniuses. Now, online platforms like Netflix have created this illusion that usually a serial killer has a traumatic past or, you know, something other person is mentally ill. Now, as a group, serial killers suffer from a variety of personality disorders. 
these may include psychopathy, antisocial personality, and most of them. No, not most of them, and others. Now, most of the serial killers are not, you know, mentally unstable under the law. Okay, now the media has created so many fictional serial killer geniuses who outsmart law every time. Now, serial killers, they obviously range in intelligence. Not all serial killers are smart. Not all serial killers are as smart as, you know, the ones you see on Netflix. Okay, so the last myth that we'll be talking about today is that serial killers want to get caught. So if you have read this book called uh, Our Game by David Baldacci, it talks about this copycat killer. So a copycat killer is basically a murderer who copies the murdering patterns of a particular serial killer that was active a few years ago, like prior to that copycat killer's active period. So in most of the books and movies, they show that a serial killer actually wants to get caught because they leave behind these prominent clues showing, maybe revealing their identity or leaving clues to where they might be located. But that's actually not the, the case. The black hole from Riverdale. Yes. It reminds yes. me of the black hole from Riverdale. Yep. So yeah. offenders committing a crime for the first time are actually an experience. Like nobody can master the art of killing in the first go, if you know or what I'm saying. can they? We'll never know. Or do we? No, wait. Or can we? All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, we should um, not make ourselves look so fishy. Exactly, Dhruvi. First the divorce and now this. Lokya kahenge? (laughs) So, coming back, uh, diverting the attention from Charvi and Dhruvi, come back to serial killers. Um, So, they gain experience and confidence which, with each new offense, which kind of leads to a few mistakes or problems because um, as they continue to commit murders without being captured, they become empowered and develop this ego thinking that they can't actually be captured rather than they want to get captured. So they feel that all of the power is in their hands and they have become masterminds or something and they cannot be captured. So, yeah, but actually in the end they do because once they become full of all that pride, um, they start making shortcuts and end up making mistakes. So, yeah. And that's when, and that's how you get Netflix documentaries, everyone. You know what? When you were talking about the copycat serial killer, yeah, I just had this thought that if this person would be in our school, that person would get zero marks for creativity because I mean, it's all plagiarism. <laughs> Imagine that you have been very close with your neighbor, Wally auntie. Close in the sense... You find her very friendly. She's affectionate. She gives you academic advice. You get on really well. And then after a decade, you find out that she is a serial killer responsible for the murder of six people of her own family. Oh my God. In case you are, in case you do not know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Jolly Joseph. I thought you were she, talking about every neighbor, Wali auntie to ever exist. And now I'm going to be so paranoid next time I talk to my neighbor. Oops. Now, Jolly was a person who never seemed to be very, you know, serial killer-ish. When I'll tell you why she murdered serial killer-ish. 
Yeah, but like that black hoodie vibe and all. Yeah. I just tell you in brief about what was her motive and why did she kill six of her own family members, including an infant. including an infant I don't Who understand how people hmm. kill children like people say Too that children are the children yeah <laughs> children are the embodiment of god and they're so pure and holy and then you just go and slaughter them like she just... must be an atheist oof <laughs> i mean we're not propagating that atheists atheists become serial killers so don't get us wrong don't come for us uh yeah sorry i was just yawning in the middle of a serial killer episode what is wrong with me jolly is offended right now can you find her boring <laughs> oops all right so i'll continue all of this happened all of this started all of this started at a wedding okay now oh my god jolly exactly uh, like at a wedding i mean i do know that um, people's dreams get killed crushed murdered whatever at weddings but i didn't know that actual people were going to get murdered this is just adding no no, no one got list. murdered at a wedding it no no one got murdered at a wedding it started at a wedding i'll tell you what i meant what i mean by it started at a wedding now what happened was that jolly was invited to a wedding and she was not a serial killer back then she didn't even think that she would become a serial killer and he met her future husband roy fun roy jose ha huh? fun yeah fun so she met her her husband like her future husband roy joseph over there now roy's family valued education a lot and this happened in kerala okay so what happened was that roy's family was very well renowned for education like all of them had like those fancy degrees and everyone would come to that family for you know academic advice so now jolly and roy they meet at the wedding they fall in love and everything and so obviously roy's mom like their parents would ask jolly how much she has studied because duh so now jolly had dropped out of college but she could not say that because she wanted to get married to roy all right so when roy's parents asked her about her academic qualifications without hesitating she said that she has a masters degree in commerce so now his parents thought that okay yeah she's educated she comes from a good family she looks nice sweet so they got married now what happened was that roy was a how should i put it he was lazy <laughs> he did not want to work and their house was you know being managed on roy's parents money so it was jolly roy roy's mother known as amma and amma's husband whose name i forgot they were living in the same house now what happened was they had to bring some income into the house right because roy was not working amma asked jolly not to put her degree to waste and find a job now jolly had lied she never thought that her lie would come bite her in would come bite her in the future but spoiler alert it did so that is when it all started now she looked she looked up to amma a lot like she respected her a lot amma was like a very sweet and educated person okay everyone she also loved. become a serial killer so now jolly started no oops she was one of the victims oh spoiler alert people <laughs> all right so yeah 
now what happened was that she did not want to reveal the truth to her in-laws so she just pretended that she had a job like she she didn't pretend that she had a job she said that in order to get a job she had to complete some teaching course and she needed money for that so she pretended as if she was going for a teaching course and no one knows what she did with that money what she did uh during that time she just pretended as if she was going to learn something at a college that? like but i don't understand i have no idea so pressurized by the idea that you have to be educated to marry this guy that you were willing to lie and then because of that lie commit murder like that's just messed up exactly so then what happens is that she pretends to be a professor at nit now you must be thinking okay if she is pretending to be a professor at nit then and she is still not working then how is the money coming in exactly right? now see there are many theories about it so when okay so in 2019 jolly was caught and when she was asked about all of this she said that she was at her friends she was like at a beauty parlor in the nit campus but that was not true because she wasn't allowed entry since she was not a student nor a faculty member so you can't believe whatever she says so it is assumed that she was in a beauty parlor near the nit campus and she was using that beauty parlor for prostitution and that is how the money came now what happened was that yeah that all of it got you know uh, she couldn't handle with all of the lies and everything so she decided she had this poison you know there is this poison called rat kill and yeah, so yeah. when jolly was younger her uh, she had a dog and something had happened to the dog they had to kill it or something like that happened so they fed it rat kill that is also very bad so that was poison so the dog obviously died so jolly remembered that okay yeah you can actually use rat kill to kill someone she used rat kill to kill amma she put it in her food Oh she she told people that because it it is because of her old age and everything so everyone was like very petrified and everyone was like not petrified they were all like you know sympathizing with Jolly and her family because Amma was a very important member in the family in fact she was the most important person in the in the house okay oh. now surprisingly Jolly took Amma's place when it came to academic understanding. Like when people came to Jolly for advice, now, and uh, and she also took care of Roy's father. But then money came in, and now Roy's father wanted to split his will into three portions, like. among roy and his two siblings but jolly did not want that she wanted all of the money to herself so again she forged the will and so that roy's father doesn't come to know about it she killed him with cyanide it was from cyanide poisoning she killed him with cyanide and that is how she got the money then she killed roy uh, because she wanted to marry someone else who What? she wanted to marry someone else Yeah, so she killed Roy. Wait, so let me get this straight. You started killing people because you wanted to maintain or build a reputation to get married to this guy named Roy, and now you're killing Roy himself because you want to marry some other dude. Like, girl, get your head straight. Decide who you want to marry, and again. Cyanide reminds me of Riverdale because in one of the seasons there's this episode um, I think in season three where the principal guys spoilers ahead so just skip a few seconds if you want to but the principal gets killed because of cyanide like this blue 
um, liquid thing. So again, there are so many Riverdale references. It clearly shows that there is a prominent theme of serial killers and murder in Riverdale. That was a very interesting connection pointed out by my co-host Kaima Beats of Harbor. I don't know. But yeah, let's continue. I'll just quickly explain why she killed everyone else. So now she wanted to marry a person named Shaju. Now, in order to marry Shaju, she had to kill his wife because, duh. So then she killed his wife through cyanide poison. Then she killed his uh, Shaju's daughter who what? was an infant through cyanide poisoning. She oh killed, in God. fact, in fact, she killed uh, the infant in front of everyone. Like she was feeding her with food with cyanide in it. And obviously, because if you're having poison, your body will show reactions. Right? Like you yeah. would not, you would not want to eat it. You would vomit and all. Yeah. So everyone around the infant thought that she was just throwing a tantrum, and she doesn't want to eat her food. So they forcefully fed her that food. Oh my God. Exactly. And you know what? The neighbors and everyone, they were so. I you just feel that they were so. Gaga! Because during all of these murders, Jolly was the one who took these people to the hospital. Jolly was the only person who was present during all of these murders. That's really suspicious. And, then, and, and Jolly was not the. Exactly. And Jolly was not the only person who was um, involved in this. There was someone named Matthew. Then there was, who was related to Jolly and Roy, both of them, like in different like ways. Yeah. And there was also some local politician involved in this. There was a jeweler, I assume, um, who supplied, who might have supplied her with cyanide. Oh my God. And so, so all of this started in 2002. She got caught in 2019. In fact, there were so many. Uh, so after there were like so many deaths, like one by one, everyone was just, you know, dying. So people suggested autopsy. And the people who mm. did, they went. They oh, went, as it, went as it jolly wiped them like, boop. You go against me, I'll kill you. All right. Now. People demanded autopsies, but uh, and even after the autopsies were done, you could see cyanide poisoning was there and it was common in all of them. But Jolly was not caught. She finally got caught in 2019. And everyone was saying that, oh, I had my suspicions. Bro, what were you doing from 2002? 2019 exactly huh? exactly and you know what in you know how in prison you are not allowed you're not given anything which can which you know encourages you or you know helps you to take your own life yeah so that you don't suicide yeah so jolly it was found that in her cell uh, so she was very friendly to her inmates also which is hmm. not surprising. She was very friendly by nature. She was just a serial killer, but she was yeah. still friendly. No surprise over here. Friendly, but a serial exactly. killer. You know. Exactly. So now, um, yeah, it was found that Jolly was unconscious on the floor of her prison cell and her wrist was bleeding. She tried to bite her way to death. She was, she bit her wrist so much started bleeding. Oh my! Was immediately God. taken to the hospital and yeah. Did she so like? That is. Did she die or something? No, she's alive. She's she's alive. That concerns me. Guys, for further information, check out Spotify original. This is Spotify original podcast. It's called Death lies and cyanide and i'm in love with the intro of that podcast it's amazing not me thank you uh yeah thank you death lies and cyanide for sponsoring this episode no guys we're not that we wish to be sponsored right now exactly
that was a really interesting story thank you guys i want to ask you a question now is your dream dressed up in a tweed coat amazing hair and a really attractive countenance because unfortunately that dream was a nightmare for people in 1974 now here we talk about ted bundy theodore robert bundy theodore mosby no we do not we do not want to relate ted to this ted that himyam theodore bundy how many mother ted is way nicer and way different than the serial killer ted hey, 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 hey. so ted was a serial lover but ted was a serial oh. killer <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Bundy reminds me of Barney. How? How? Bundy, Barney. Starts with B, ends with D. <laughs> It... <laughs> so guys, we talk about Ted Bundy now. He is in the top 10 list of most genius serial killers. Uh, and yes, I googled that because I had to do a project on Ted Bundy. Yeah, he actually was. And you know, one really fascinating thing about both Ted and Jolly is that both of them were people who you know are really good at talking to other people. They seem nice. And Ted was actually uh, a lawyer; like he was studying law. um he studied psychology and he was on his way to become a really good lawyer because he was really good at it as well and so you remember that myth that we talked about that you know um serial killers are the depressed and isolated ones but both of these serial killers defy that myth clearly so ted bundy was this eccentric killer who started murdering people in 1974 1974 yes 1974 at the age of 27 and he was active from 1974 to 1978 and he was finally executed in 1989 so the reasons for him okay so there's a series on Netflix called Conversations with the Killer the Ted Bundy tapes and you actually have recordings of ted talking to this journalist cuz ted demanded that um, he wanted to talk to a journalist to tell his side of the story when he was in jail so what he did ted was a narcissist it has been proven by psychologists he was a narcissist and he wanted all the attention and he actually had clippings of him in the newspaper so like he was wow. that he was on that level of narcissism and so he demanded a journalist he wanted to tell his story and he always like he never really talked about the murders he would just go on to talk about his life and how he was part of a student body council in a school and he would say all these nice things about himself which make you believe that how can he how can he ever be a serial killer so then he narrates all these experiences to the journalist and the journalist thinks that we're getting nowhere and ted is not confessing or talking about the crimes that he has committed the journalist comes up with this idea and says that ted why don't you tell us what the murderer who killed all these people would be thinking like what would be their thought process why did they start murdering these people so technically ted was not even confessing to the crimes but he still got to talk about it so then he started narrating all of it and one peculiar thing is that ted only killed um women like college going women with long dark hair so brunettes i have that reminds me I have my hair appointment tomorrow. Oh my god. Yeah. So he only killed women with long dark brown hair. And okay, so I read this somewhere or I watched this interview where there was this one lady 
who dead actually abducted but then after looking at her hair he's like get out of my car and then she got saved because her hair color was lighter imagine like that's how specific he was so what he do he just randomly go to these colleges and kill women in the middle of the night and drag their bodies and he was a necrophiliac so what's a necrophiliac it's a person who has sex with the bodies after murdering them yeah Ew. yeah and sometimes he would rape the women first and then kill them or it, it depended on his mood to be honest and uh, he i i've read somewhere that he had the had a collection of the skeletons of these of some of the women in his basement oh my god he was a messed up dude but like he had a girlfriend yeah. at the time and she said that um he didn't seem like the guy who would you know commit any crimes is really nice he would do all of these nice things for her but then one time she started suspecting him because he found a bag full of female underwear in one of the one of like in his room and then he and then she also found uh, suspicious weapons in his car so she reported it and then yeah so it was like he had these two different personalities and he said that you there was this force that was uh, that took over him whenever he started killing people and he just couldn't stop like he felt good no. about himself while killing these innocent women and and in those days um the facilities or the machines and everything that are used in nowadays to catch such such key serial killers were not prominent like were not even there for them to use to find dead quickly so so many innocent women got murdered because of the inefficiency of the crime system and ted finally got caught and this this whole interview thing happened and one of the times like he completely denied and he used to smile while you know reporters were interviewing him and when he was on the news he would smile and he's like i've got nothing to worry about and he would crack jokes and make the reporters laugh like that's insane and then uh, wow. one time yeah one uh- time he was caught in he was caught and he was going to go on trial so in his uh, cell he what he would do every day is that he would jump from his uh, bunk bed he had a bunk bed in his cell so he would jump from the top of it to the bottom and he would practice every day and make make his legs stronger why because in during his trial he when he was at the court he was asked he asked the judge if he could go to the library for a while and he went to the library and he jumped from the building he had been practicing for that he had kept the measurements in mind and he was practicing for that day and then he escaped for like a month or so you know what what so i'm just i was thinking that a serial killer has a bunk bed but five year old ruby couldn't <laughs> i'm done i'm done i can't believe this <laughs> that's what you're going to say mom if you are listening to this i mean priorities oh my god so yeah that's how ted bundy was there were a lot of signs of trauma though during his childhood and he has been diagnosed with so many psychological disorders like um bipolar personality disorder antisocial personality disorder um narcissism a lot of things schizophrenia also to some extent so Yeah and I believe that all of these different mm. uh, psychological issues led to him being the way he was and another thing is that 
Ted, as I said, he was studying law, and so in his last trial, he he had an attorney, obviously, and they had decided that Ted was going to ask for a plea bargain, and uh, like Ted said, okay, fine, I will do that because. they knew that the uh, prosecutor side was like really strong and that they had a lot of evidence against him so they were going to lose the case anyway so why not bargain for a plea so that is like okay fine we'll do that but then the next day in the court he stands up and tells tells the judge that i feel that i am not being adequately represented by my lawyer and so i would like to fire him and get a new lawyer oh my god he did that and how can you betray your own lawyer i mean exactly and you know what he did later a uh, ted became his own defendant he became his own lawyer and represented what? himself in court so you know in um, what happens usually in the court proceedings is that there is uh, a defendant um, there is there is the what the victim their lawyer and the accused and their lawyer so yeah then um it's like but now there are only three people instead of four three main people instead of four so what happened like for example if the prosecutor brings up a witness there's a thing called cross questioning or yeah cross questioning i believe and so the prosecutor would ask the witness questions and now instead of ted would bring up his own witnesses and ask them questions himself instead of asking like getting a lawyer to do all of that stuff for him so yeah and he himself would get up on the stand and answer the questions of the prosecutor and be questioned by the prosecutor so he did all of that and he ended up ruining his own case he used to do things that would take the state side that is yeah the state side instead of his own and then he ended up ruining his own case and then he got caught and then finally his execution was uh, scheduled on january 24th 1989 at 7 a.m. and people were so excited for it like the whole of i think it was in florida that this happened oh so all the people in florida were so excited they woke up at 5 a.m. and they came in groups they marched in groups with all these signs and burn bundy burn was the main slogan and people were selling keychains with the uh, electric chair uh, and all that and everyone was like really happy and celebrating because ted bundy had committed over 30 he confessed to 30 crimes but when he was talking to one of the detectives he whispered into their ear and said What if I tell you that this man has he was talking in third person that this man has murdered people in the three digits Oh my that's like that's like 100 or more Or what if he was just messing with them It could because be because I mean if he's going down why not just you know yeah make it more interesting could be but he confessed to 30 of them and yeah that's how he got executed and it till the last till the last moment he was smiling and laughing and making jokes and oh yeah there was um, he met this person a very close friend of his called Carol Boone so she was there supporting Ted during his trials and being like Ted can never do something like this and blah 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 and then they get married during his trials and the day of his execution um like the previous day of his exec- like there were many days scheduled for his execution but the first one got postponed cuz ted asked this person carol boone in the court that will you marry me and then she said yes and then the, he says to the judge now you can't kill me on my wedding day can you so it was a whole plot to extend his life and so uh, yeah and ted was still in prison but carol and ted wanted to build a family so somehow carol and ted were able to conceive a child in prison and their child rose bundy is still alive um yeah yeah but she doesn't know if she is ted's daughter right no she knows she knows 
oh i heard in a podcast that she has a hidden identity like she doesn't know if she's the ted bundy's daughter she doesn't know or people don't know she doesn't know and people also don't know for her safety oh but ted is but i heard in a podcast and i don't dead. know if you can just trust random podcasts Yeah so they managed to build a whole family and then after 6 years dad got executed and till the very end till dad confessed his mom never thought that ted was capable of committing these murders or doing such things and the the day he confessed to and the only reason he confessed was he thought that if he confesses then the state will you know be like okay fine at least you confess we're going to extend your life sentence and not execute you in a week but the state no no court was like we're going to extend your life you are going to die within a week so it didn't it didn't help and his mom was like devastated when she heard that ted confessed because she was like he has sisters he knows like we okay. in our family have so many women and female characters and thinking that ted would do this to other families is just disheartening exactly so yeah that was a pretty intense episode exactly i mean you know what the first part is we are recording this at night We are so exactly. for serial killers and exactly. and Oof. Wish us luck, people. So that's it for today's which is DNA by Lainey, or I don't know how to pronounce his name, but it's L A and Y. It's a really good song, you guys should definitely check it out. So yeah uh, don't forget to check out our Instagram account tea with teens t.with.teens and if you have any questions if you have any suggestions go on over head on over to our account and let us know you can DM us you can go drop a comment on any of our posts or stories but be sure to check out our account So guys the takeaway from this episode was that stabbing your friends in the back is more acceptable than stabbing people literally in the back that was not a very good moral but it is what it is i knew that you were going to say that it is what it is